Welcome to NCT Answers, a podcast from In-Depth Studies that examines theological issues from a New Covenant Theology perspective. I'm your host, Paul Honeycutt, joined again by Josh Copen. Josh, this is our fifth and final episode in a topic, Singleness in the Church. Mm -hmm. Uh, This time, this final session, we're going to talk about the church's role in the single believer's life in their church. What does that look like? Because just before we started recording this, we were bouncing around just a couple of aspects. So why don't you start to kind of, you know, kick this off? What do you see is the role of the church in a single person's life? I actually don't think it's really any different than the role in in the married person's life. Um, You're ministering to one another. You're, um, you know, convicting one another of their hope in Christ and calling them out on their sin, and if it's public, obviously, and just um, if they're struggling with singleness or whatever, you're praying for them. And again, we just did a topic on contentment, that they would be content and trust God and His plan for them, whether married or single or dating. Mm -hmm. And so, on essence, I don't think the answer is really any different other than maybe the problems the person comes to with. Like the married person is maybe having issues with their spouse. You might minister different than the single person who's having troubles with his girlfriend Mm. or with his job or whatever. Because let's say the person at work who's married is, man, I'm thinking about quitting my job. Well, well, you've got a wife to care for. I mean, is this the best move for you and your family financially? If you're a single person, okay, how are you going to cover bills? But there's less responsibility for the single person than the married person. So from that standpoint, it's different. Do you think, in your experience, because again, you've been single Mm -hmm. your whole life uh, thus far, have you experienced or do you think there's oftentimes churches that will take advantage of single people in terms of volunteerism? Yeah, oh, you've got the time. Oh, you're not doing anything. I saw that in a previous church. Well, since you're not doing anything, I saw that from retired to retired people too. Oh. Well, since you're not doing anything, that should never be a church policy. I would never... It might be like, hey, do you mind? Can you? Are you busy? Mm-hmm. You might want to ask it like that instead of the passive-aggressive, well, you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't know. That guy could already be volunteering. Or A lot of singles people's, uh, single people, I've noticed, might be involved in other studies, not just at their church. Mm-hmm. Their friends are in a study, so they go. I used to be involved with one of my friends back home not related to our church. It actually gave me an opportunity to present the doctrines of grace to them. Mm. They were involved in a church that was a little bit more contemporary, not necessarily uh, 100% biblical at all times in terms of how they preached, you know, topical sermons, a lot of that stuff, a lot of uh, popular music, uh, not Christian, but oh, we can make, somehow they made St. Elmo's Fire a Christian song. (laughs) Like, yeah, so I was trying to figure that one out. So then when I was my chance to lead the study, we went through Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. Mm-hmm. We went through uh, John MacArthur and the Book of James, things like that. So you were able to, so that could be going on too. Right. Yeah, so just make sure you find out what they're doing before you guilt them into how they're going to spend their time as a single person. Um, as far as, because we go all the way back to, I think, our, one of our first, first episodes, the whole issue of dating. Mm-hmm. Should a church be involved in the dating life of a of a member single member is there have you ever been exposed to a 
policy, as it were, for, for singles and dating? Uh, so, yes and no. I will say that the church I was previous, which I, I still am very close with a lot of the people there, including one of the pastors, whether they would admit or not, they kind of had a dating policy hmm. in that you um, you kind of need to come to the church and ask, what do you think I'm ready for a relationship? Or do you think um, I'm ready for marriage? And things like that. So, I would find that a little bit dangerous if your church, whether they will admit or not, is trying to say, you need our blessing. Mm. Now, they would say they're not, but that sounds like it, right? If you're saying, well, you didn't even come and ask us if you were ready for a relationship or if you were ready for marriage. I think that's going to come naturally that shouldn't be forced. Mm. Um, Ultimately, it's still, I tend to be a little bit more liberal, quote unquote, on this, and that ultimately comes down to the two people and their relationship with Christ. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I've got kind of, I'm sure, a puzzled look at my face. I can't can't imagine, because I'm a church elder, I can't imagine putting together, even if it wasn't formal, Mm -hmm. any kind of an informal dating strategy or whatever, you know, dating policy for single people in my church. Well, and I think it comes from a good place, like how's your walk going, how are things going? But I think it does become over-involved in people's lives. Sure. Rather than... And that comes back to a little bit of the, not necessarily the I kiss dating goodbye culture, but the group dating thing. Mm. Like, you can't be alone. We need to see how you two interact. Well, it's still public. People Mm -hmm. are still going to put on a face. Sure. And when people press in, I think, now some people, couples who are dating, are kind of worried about that because they're worried it's going to break them up, right? Like, oh, you're going to press in on a topic and I'm not going to have an answer. Mm -hmm. Or I think that's why some people... I have my issues with premarital counseling. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good thing. Right. You know, how you deal with conflict, mm-hmm. all that. Oh, it's yeah. a good question yeah. to ask. No one's saying that. My issue with premarital counseling is not that it shouldn't happen. My issue is that when it becomes the same lessons for this couple that you did for that couple, well, they're yeah. different. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want cookie-cutter marriages. Sure. So as long as premarital counseling isn't that, then I'm fine with it. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I've had a few experiences in, in over many, many years, but um, dealing with parents in mm-hmm. a similar manner. Guys, mm-hmm. this is, these are adults. You, you had your shot at bringing them up and instilling mm-hmm. in them certain values and beliefs and so forth, but you can't go sticking your nose into their relationship and mm-hmm. t- telling them what they can and cannot do, you know, especially when it comes to dating and ultimately engagements and even marriage to some degree. I mean, I mean, there's obviously yeah. there's areas where you, you probably would be and you'd be wise to get involved, but... Well, but, you would, don't you think naturally it's going to, it, it should, you should trust people in your church. Some people are just more private, mm-hmm. but, you know, uh, First Timothy, I think I said Titus on one of the broadca- uh, podcasts, I meant Timothy, like... Do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him as a father, to the younger men as brothers, the older women as mothers, and the younger women as sisters in all purity. He's talking to Timothy here. So from that standpoint, you're going to trust the people who have experience. You're mm-hmm. going to go to them. Um, you're not going to, and for the single men, that's the verse people run, you know, to tell people like, look, if you're dating this person, you treat her as a sister in all purity. You treat her as if she's going to marry someone else. Mm-hmm. So she's someone else's. Uh, but you're not going to ignore... I mean, I always felt my best dating advice came from watching on some some old married people. Hmm. My grandparents have been married 67 years. My parents have been married 41. My brother's been married 12. My sister's 5. Like, when I date, I see these things, and they're all believers. So I'm sitting there going, I'm able to draw on these things. Or, my, like, you know, Jeff and Priscilla have been married, what, 44 now? 44. And, and Mike and Barbie, when I was at church back home, like... 
you got to watch how these people interact. That was the best marriage counseling I had, mm -hmm. was watching how these people in Christ interact with one another. That was the best dating advice I could see. Mm -hmm. Now, in some sense, married people are horrible at giving dating advice because they forget, right? <laughs> so that's why I don't think churches should have a dating policy because married people, they don't remember. They're giving you advice for marriage. Like, I'm 8,000 steps away from remembering about the shower curtain rings. Why are you telling me that now? Like, that isn't pertinent to my dating this person. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I struggle with overthinking in dating, mm -hmm. and I will go to people, but I always knew once I got married, that part of worrying about losing, my brother-in-law talked about this, like once he got married, that fear of losing my sister was gone. Mm. Like the moment she said, I do, and that ring was on her finger, was like that pit in his stomach, that mm -hmm. constant over, was gone. And I don't think there's any really relief for that, other than, you, again, the peace that passes all understanding, mm -hmm. and that you... You got if, if that's something you struggle with, it's probably not going to go away till you get married. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, Interesting. No, but my, so yeah, dating policy is weird. To well, me. And my my wife, we were, we were talking on the way home from church today, and and uh, about a, a couple that just got just got engaged, uh -huh. and she was talking to one of the family members, and they're on, they're not married, they're single, and and it was interesting because they were having a hard, they they almost had this idea. That all these things had to be put in place before he would be in a place to even consider marrying anyone, and my wife was trying to explain no. When you meet somebody, and you and you know, and you start to get to know them, and you and the more you get to know them, the more you like them, the more you want to be with them. I mean, those are the things that, at least from a woman's vantage point, you look for. Obviously, you know, common belief, that kind of thing, but. Uh, but it was almost like, no, before I'm even qualified, mm -hmm. I have to have so much money in the bank account, this, that. But I'm thinking, that's not dating. Yeah, that's, I don't like that. I think that, uh, that has been punched into the head of, of a lot of people. And I would argue, probably, where I say women haven't changed, that's where they've changed a little bit. Hmm. And that is an excuse for someone to go out and get horrible credit and get married anyway. But a lot of women say that, like, oh, I want to be a Christian, but, but I just don't want to marry into debt. I'm like, well, you know, I understand that, but at the same time, do you love this person? Well, that might not show. I'm like, I, I can't fix that for you. If that's what you, if you want Mr. Financially Secure, Mr. Whatever, that's a problem. And then also, I was reading an article this week where uh, a lot of women, we mentioned leading in terms of being able to look for that, but you can't expect him to lead yet. And you can't expect him to have that down yet. He may, he's probably going to fail you more than he does dating because he doesn't know what that's like. So you need to, that's something you can't be afraid to marry someone because just because I don't know if he can lead or not. Well, mm. that's only going to come through experience, through marriage. Well, through, and, yeah, and then there's the other side of that. Are you willing to follow this person? Right. Uh, he may not be a great leader yet. But are you willing to follow him? Mm -hmm. And as as Eve was supposed to do in, in the garden, didn't do such a great job. Yeah. You're that helpmate. You're the one that comes alongside and makes suggestions, mm -hmm. encouraging, but at the same time say, hey, you know, maybe we should try this. Maybe we. Yeah, you know, and when things get bad, are they going to point you to Christ? Yeah. Are they going to fail yeah. that? And it's your job in reverse too. Right. But so from a dating standpoint, I think it's one of those. It's a massively freedom in Christ thing. Um, now the issue becomes what if the guy wants to date one way and the girl wants to date another way, mm. right? Where he's like, hey, do you want to come over and watch a movie? And she's like, no, I don't feel comfortable being ever alone mm. in your apartment, which could happen, mm. has happened, will happen. 
it's now up to the guy or the girl to go, okay, I like him, but is this something I can pursue? Because he's going to be dating me differently. Maybe you go to the pastor and talk and, you know, he could be like, well, it's, this one's up to you. That's why I think that's ultimately mm -hmm. where the church needs to step back and go, this one's on you guys. I can't tell you, because nowhere in the Bible does it say, thou shalt not watch a movie alone in Josh's apartment. Mm -hmm. Sorry. It just says to avoid temptation. So what's sure. the temptation in this situation? Right. And there are some guys, we talked about this a couple, couple of sessions back about a little sexual culture mm -hmm. and all that. I mean, there's some guys that can, that can handle a lot more of that and, and, and come out victorious. There's yeah. others that yeah. crumble like, you know, cheap fabric. Uh, and so, yeah, you have to know yourself and you have to be, I think, I think, you know, and again, this is coming from a guy who's been married a long time, but, you know, caring more for the gal in this particular situation that you don't want, you don't want to do anything that would make her feel uncomfortable. Exactly. Or put her in, in a temptation situation or whatever. So you bend. Um, you know, but it, it's interesting because, because, you know, I always, I, I'm, a, I'm a big, I love to ask people questions. And one of my favorite things to ask people is why. When they tell me they want to do this and they didn't mm -hmm. do that, why? I want to know what's behind that. You know, the Christian life, more than anything else, is motive, right? We do things because we love God, or we do other things that we shouldn't do because we don't really love God, or we mm -hmm. don't trust Him, or we don't believe, or whatever. So I'm a big believer in, 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 uh, in looking at motives, examining why, are I, why do I feel this way, why do I want to do this, what, and, and conversely, why is my dating partner coming from wherever they're coming from, you know? How much that brings up a whole other topic, but in your experience, uh, I used to tell my sons, I told both of my sons, and they're both very happily married, but I used to tell them, it was kind of half-joking, half-serious, before you get serious with any woman, meet the mother. Get to know the mother, because that's what she's going to turn into, for the most part. And, yeah. and that's, that's obviously oversimplification yeah. and all that. Sounds, sounds kind of stupid. But in many regards, over the years, I've watched and I've grown and I've seen gals I knew young who turned very much into their moms. And not that that's a bad thing. No. You know, but 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 it's something that, you know, I think if I t if I said that to somebody today, a young guy, uh, you know, 20-year-old or whatever, he'd look at me like I was out of my mind. Right, and you're not talking looks. like Oh, oh no, 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 no. No, I, I just, some people are like, hey, look at the mother. And like, no, that's not what we're talking about. I right. think having experienced that a little bit mm -hmm. and watching uh, a mother run the show mm -hmm. uh, over the father, which was odd because the father was in the military, but the mother ran the show. Yeah, yeah. And that ended up causing problems. And well, and you need to, and and so you need to be aware of that. And so I think ultimately the church's role when it comes to dating is to share things like that, more about, almost more warning signs mm -hmm. of what to look for. Not, I'm more of a positive guy when it comes to look for reasons to marry the person or date the person as opposed to reasons not to break up with mm -hmm. them. Uh, but at the same time, I think the, the advice of the church is, yeah, you're, you're overcomplicating things. Or no, that's a legitimate concern. Mm -hmm. But that should come naturally. That's my point of with the church policy. The church's involvement is we're here to support you. If we see something, obviously we'll say something. But other than that, we're going to trust you as believers in Christ. Well, again, it goes back to my, my analogy of, of raising children. If you've raised them properly, you've instilled in them good Judeo-Christian biblical mm -hmm. values and so forth, uh, wisdom, and, and candidly, 
if you've not just taught them, but you've shown them in your own marriage, your own family life, etc., then you have to trust them at some point to make the right, right decisions. Right. You can't micromanage their relationships after they're, especially after they're out of the house. It's well, especially with girls, we seem to think they're still under their parents' care. Yeah, yeah. For, I've never understood. If you're a 25 year old woman, it's great to have the parents' blessing. I got news for you. It's not required. <laughs> you know, it's great to have it. Um, but nowhere in the New Testament can you show right, me right. where the parents are required to hand right, over the daughter right. to the husband. And now to, con- to, to completely contradict what I said a couple of minutes ago about meet the mother, because that's probably what you're going to end up with somewhere down yeah. the road. That's not exactly true, because in Christ, we all are new creations. Mm-hmm. So we may have the hor- right. most horrible mom or father or both or yeah. whatever, family life, and yet we can become the most loving, caring, the exact opposite of what they were by the power and strength and, and, and wisdom of God. Certain things change when you become a believer. Uh, maybe not all your attitude changes, but maybe now you're more aware of your attitude mm. and you got to check it in line. Mm. Ooh, I'm a tempered person. I need to be better. Or, oh, I'm, I'm way too lazy and I need to, you know, not be, you know, yeah. idle hands, that kind of thing. So, yeah, there is a sense that you, you generally, but there, there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. There just is. I'm actually a mesh of both my parents' Um, I look more like my dad. I tend to act a little bit more like my mom, where she's a little bit more emotional, mm-hmm. where my dad's Mr. Logical. Like, my dad, you could show physical evidence, and he could still out-logic you. You're like, oh, I didn't <laughs> even see it that way. That's my dad. So I'm, I'm kind of a mix of those. I tend, I will get to logic, but i got to get through the emotional part first, yeah. right? So uh, there, you do need to, parents matter, but at the same time, I think church environment, it really can affect... Boy, that, that, that whole really trusting the freedom you have in the new covenant mm-hmm. in Christ, if churches really preach that and believe it, I think there well, would be a lot less confusion in dating. If, if not just that they believe it, if they actually practice it. Yes. So you get a lot of guys behind closed doors tell you all kinds of stuff, but you put them out in the room with everybody else and they're, 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 their mouths go... A lot of grace preaching, not a lot of actual grace doing, exactly. if that makes sense. Exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. grace isn't opposed to effort, no one's denying that, but... At the same time, do you trust this to be the case? It's like, like the, it's almost like churches become their own institutional theonomy. Like we have the law, we have our own law. This is how it's going to go. This is what you mm. need to do. You need to meet with. You know, I, I think it's good to, on, on some sense, for churches be like, well, who are you talking to in the church mm-hmm. concerning this? But at the same time, if you're like, well, we've just been trying to get to know each other right now. That's okay too. I think I just I think there needs to be a sense of trust, and the moment it becomes overbearing or overinvolved in people's lives, it, it can become a. Do we really want to be in this church yeah. if they're just going to micromanage mm-hmm. every aspect mm-hmm. of our life? I agree. I agree. Because it doesn't end there. Right. Well, you were thinking about buying a house. Why didn't you talk to us? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's that that's becomes cult yeah. quickly. Um, last question. It just popped in my head, but. And maybe we talked about this before. If we did, I'm sorry. But did were you ever part of a church that had a singles group or singles? Yeah, we ministry? talked about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that has a place in church, or do you think that's an artificial construct? It's an artificial, but at the same time, I don't think it's a horrible thing. If you're like this group of people, I mean, no one's going to say Bible studies are artificial constructs, community groups when people. No, meet. but but one of the things that I vehemently disagreed with at a larger church that I was mm-hmm. at many, many, many years ago, was moving in the direction of we're going to have geographical 
types of groups. We're going to have age specific. I mean, they were trying to segregate people. Right. And that's and when I think of singles groups, that's just another form of that. It seems obvious. Well, sure, single people want to would feel more comfortable hanging out with other single mm -hmm. people, and i.e., will lead to possible relationships. Yeah. Yeah. It I shouldn't suppose. be why you have singles groups yeah. for dating. It shouldn't be an in-house. But, but dating it site, yeah. but it can't become that. Sure. Uh, I guess I hadn't even thought about it, but you're right. I guess a, a dating policy in the church would be a singles group. We've got a singles group. Mm. We don't at our church, no, but no. you know, I think part of it is just, hey, these are the single people in the church, so you have time mm -hmm. and people to hang out with your right. brothers and sisters right. in Christ. But I would not. I just don't like. I like hanging out with married people or single, whatever's available. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that shouldn't. Uh, but there is that sense of, um, oh, and single people have a hard time getting together too. Mm. It's interesting to me, like, oh, when are we going to meet? Oh, we can't. I, three people can't show up, so there's going to be two people sitting there with a ton of hot dogs and pop, right? So yeah. um, so from that standpoint, I'm, I'm not sure singles groups are any different than than the rest of the, the church. Mm. I don't, um, we don't, uh, but you have youth groups in church. You have a lot of school, you know, vacation Bible school and things like that. So you're still separating. Yeah, to some degree. Chris, yeah. we don't do any of that stuff at our place. But, but yeah, I, I was part of that. I was growing up, uh, vacation Bible mm -hmm. school every summer for I don't know how many years. It seemed like 100. But uh, I learned a lot. Yeah. I mean, and that was at a Marine Corps chapel, if you can believe it, on a Marine Corps base. So. Here was my issue with the singles group I was in at the church um, in Tucson was wonderful believers in... But there was, they were letting the single people lead the study. So the 19-year-old sophomore in college is leading a Bible study. I know that this sounds big because probably during the time of Peter and Paul and, and Jesus, that would, you know, mm. probably would have been fairly taught in the Word. But on some level, I'm not sure that's a good thing. Yeah. On some level, I'm not sure that I'm really confident in them, if, especially if they don't have any background or reading you know you i don't know that that was just one thing that bothered me like this 19 year old guy's leading the study <laughs> yeah really what in a closing question mm -hmm. what would you suggest to anybody out there listening who's part of a church and has a bunch of singles and what have you whatever they're already doing what would you suggest to them should be the key elements of dealing with singles in their church things that you feel from your vantage point are important and 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 helpful and so forth. So a couple things we said. Number one, they're not a victim for being single. Make sure they don't feel like a victim because they're single. Are they involved? Because, they, again, they do have time. That's Paul's point in 1 Corinthians 7. So, hey, do you want to get involved? Just mm -hmm. ask. It doesn't have to be forced on them. Um, maybe they want to help and don't know. Um, and and so from that standpoint, in and to remind the married couples and older people in the church to just reach out to them to see if they ever want to hang out, how are they doing, things like that. Casual, you know, it doesn't have to be forced, but on some level, you're like, hey, just be reminded. We have some younger people in this church. We have some newer single people in this church. Reach out to them, get to know them, and maybe find out if they're content in being single so you don't have to wonder, like, hey, what can I pray for? Yeah. You looking for a spouse? No, I just I need. I just got this new job and I need to be focused on getting that. Okay, great. Good. Yeah, I think don't assume just because they're single that they're upset they're single right. or sad or whatever. Good. Well, if you have any further questions about this young man, Josh, you can get a hold of him at... Um, at Josh Copen on Twitter, which is at J-O-S-H-C-O-P-E-N. 
And one other thing, just as always, married, single, whatever, I just, you know, remind people that they're, you know, I know this is cheesy, but it's true, and you believe that their hope is in this Christ as Lord and Savior. Um, you know, don't don't run from that. Mm-hmm. Be reminded of that. Anyway, and then Josh Copa, 1981 at gmail.com. Run from that, but right. not from there. Well, I hope this has been helpful, interesting, or at least stimulating <laughs> conversation in your lives, whoever's listening. Um, if you'd like more information about in-depth studies, who puts this on, it's ids.org. Otherwise, look for new series coming up, and thanks for listening.